Hi everybody, welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. I'm Katie Knight and I've had a little two week podcasting break, but I'm back, I'm feeling creative, um, I'm feeling good and excited to share with you this week's podcast. This week, my guest is Rick Waldring. Rick has a background as a legal counsel at ING Bank, but most recently he was the managing director of leading global music and entertainment PR agency, The Media Nanny. The Media Nanny work with massive artists such as Martin Garrix, David Guetta, Dubfire, Hot Since 82, and a lot, lot more. Within the Media Nanny, he was responsible for the growth and diversification of the client roster into different areas within the music and entertainment world. Rick has an amazing network and a lot of artists, managers, festival promoters are just a phone call away. So in April 2019, Rick co-founded a new creative agency called The Brandfather and started to work for global brands to help them find their space in the music, entertainment and gaming industry via brand partnerships, festival and event activations, content creation and consultancy. Martin Garrix did a partnership with 7up a couple of years ago in in the US uh, and they gave a concert for um, for deaf people and I think uh, that was also really really nice you know they put on uh, like all these um, sub packs that put on your body so you can feel the bass and the, and the, and the floor was vibrating and uh, that was like stuff like that it's you know you can also give something back to the to your fans and I think for that's for the bigger artists I think it's it's it, it's, it's, it's very important in, in a brand partnership. It's not for them. It's not about the money. It's about like doing something yeah. cool. In this episode, we talk about Rick's journey, the media nanny, and the brand father. I absolutely love these two names, by the way. Brand partnerships with artists, projects he's worked on, and a lot more. I found this chat really, really interesting, and Rick's so lovely. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat too, and enjoy. This is Can You Put Me on Guest List with Rick Waldring. Okay, Rick, hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. It's nice to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, we see each other every year. but Yeah, it's like once a year, I think, we see each other. Yeah, well, mostly here. Well, we did the Awakings Project together, of course, last year. Yes. We sat here on um, your nice balcony here in Ibiza. It's absolutely boiling, but yeah, I'm excited for this chat with you. Well, me, me as well. So I just wanted to start off from the beginning with you. Um, because as you've said to me before, you started as a legal counsel at ING Bank. Yeah. Um, and now obviously you've been working in, in the dance music industry for quite a while now, and you're very well known. You've worked on some amazing projects. So I kind of wanted to start off knowing how you started in this industry and why and when it began. All right. Um, well, when I was 19, I didn't know what to do and I went traveling to Australia, came back, and I was like, oh shit, I need to go to uni, I need to do something, and I think the most easy thing to do was to go and study law, so, <laughs> you know, did that, um, and landed an internship at ING, and I, uh, after that, I landed a job there and stayed for seven years, um, but during that period, I was already, like, playing a lot of music and organizing parties in my hometown, Groningen, uh -huh. which is in the north of Holland. And um, is that where you still live now? No, I live in, I live in Utrecht now, which okay. is um, uh, like 30 minutes out from Amsterdam. Okay. Um, so I was already doing quite some things in the, in the music industry, but it was more like a hobby. Um, I met a lot of people. I think I came to Ibiza 15 years ago, you know, just as a raver, <laughs> and uh, made a lot of friends that were working in the industry or were playing or were DJing. So 
you know, had like regular visits to Berlin and, and hang out with uh, well, a lot of uh, people there. So I built up a network while I was working uh, uh, at ING. Uh, but after seven years, I was, uh, yeah, I was just done with the corporate world and I needed a change. Um, so uh, yeah, um, then my sister asked me, hey, you want to join me at my company? And she's running the Media Nanny. It's a pretty well-known PR company. Um, so I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm going <laughs> to quit my job. And bye uh, <laughs> <bank>. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye bank. Uh, and actually, you know, I had a really great time at the bank. I learned a lot and it's great. It's nice to have that bit more corporate experience in, in, in this music industry because, well, we'll probably speak about it a bit later. You know, there's sometimes uh, a little bit of a lacking of professionalis professionalism in the music industry. So oh, yes. <laughs> uh, hopefully I can bring a bit of that, that corporate insights in, in, into, into that world. So that, I think that's, uh, that's how it started. And, uh, what yeah. year was it that you started working at the Media Nanny? Um, so I think that was um, 2016, maybe end 2015, yeah. Okay, and so you were managing director there? Yeah. And yeah. the people that don't know the Media Nanny, it is actually like the leading global music. Well, there are a few. There, there, there are a few others, uh, you know. There's, uh, but I think in especially in the Netherlands, we are yeah. the only PR company that is doing uh, oh, really? global representation for for like music artists. So, like, yeah. there's not there's not a lot of other companies, and, and most of the PR companies in the Netherlands they focus just on the on the territory. Yeah. And that's what you see a lot, you know. Also in the in the US or in the UK, like you, the market is big enough uh, in those countries to uh, you know to just to focus on one territory, but yeah. like the Netherlands is quite small, you know, you have probably at the moment three outlets that write about dance music and a few news newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Media Nanny uh, was founded by my sister, uh, I think uh, this year is the 10 year anniversary, so oh, wow. we're probably going to celebrate that a bit. Lovely. Um, and yeah, we represent, you know, quite some big artists. From Give us a few names. Uh, Martin Garrix, David Guetta, <laughs> Oliver Heldens, Sunnery James, Ryan Marciano. Just a few small names. <laughs> a few, few small names, and that's more on the a bit more on the commercial pop side. And then on, on the other side, we uh, we represent Dubfire, Black Madonna, Tiga, Hot Since '82, Yours Ford, um, and probably forget a few more. Yeah, that's so, a lot. Um, and then here on Ibiza, we uh, yeah, we have been working with the Ushuaia team for the last three years, mm -hmm. um, which has also been great. So. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good fun. So, as a managing director at a company like that, what would what did a normal day look like for you? Well, actually, it's seventy five percent of my time was managing the team. You yeah. know, uh, at the moment uh, they're working 15, 15 people, I think, uh, and and a couple of interns. Um, so it was a lot behind the scenes, actually. So uh, I didn't really have to deal too much like with 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 journalists or with media. Like we had PR yeah. ma PR managers for that. I was just managing the finance, did all the sales, the business development, finding new clients. So I had like five different roles in, in one. Uh, and you know, at a smaller size company, you can't really have a dedicated person for HR or like a finance person or so. I was like but I don't know if that's just smaller companies though, because like when I worked at Amnesia and that's a big company and I used to have like three roles. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like it's just the dance music. For sure. And maybe uh, what I said before, when you work at a bank or at a, like a multinational, you probably get a bit spoiled because for every yeah. for every little job, there is a, there is a person. Um, so, but it's also, it was good for me, you know, I, uh, I didn't have that experience, and I got the trust from uh, from my sister to uh, you know to run to run our business, and so she could still be out with uh, with a lot of the artists, and that's what she really likes, you know, to to work with Martin and to work with David Guetta, and also go on tour with them, and she is more uh, that's what she loves uh, more, and you know, for me it was a it was a really good opportunity to n to know to learn how to to run a business. Yeah. Um, 
and of course with a legal background that helps a bit you know doing contracts and doing hr and stuff like that and actually the last two years at ing i was um i was working at the hr department so i was um advising the board of directors on their salaries so, you know, so, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so besides learning about running a business do you, what things do you think you learn about the music industry and in them them first years that you were at the media nanny um well you know i think it's all about uh network this is very very important you know and you can work with some uh, amazing talent but you still need to have you know the right network to make to make it work you know yeah. and that, especially in pr it's all about the relationship with your journalist or you know with with the people you work with so i think uh um and i what i what i found like I, we worked with many many artists and some of them were very nice and some of them were just not very nice and what i really learned is like if you treat somebody nice you you get it back and you know like there there are a bunch of actual assholes in this industry as well like they treat people like come on ego. i don't know yeah it's, it's probably ego and yeah uh, but i think you know the, the managers we work with uh at the media and any and we had a good working relationship with you also get better results you know you, and it's just friendly you can also go out and have a drink and and you know have, have some fun together so i think that's very important to you know to uh, to earn respect uh, and but also give respect to the people you work with so um yeah and you know it's um it's an interesting world and what i said before it's it's still a pretty young industry if you compare it to like uh, to other sectors so uh, people in, in in the industry are always like learning and i think uh, exploring and it's you know it's trial and error i guess yeah definitely i agree with that and then from the media nanny you recently co-founded um the brandfather yeah so which i love the name by the way they work really well together it's really cool yeah no it's, it's funny like um like jose and i we have been discussing like launch, setting up a a company together for for quite a while and uh, after three and a half years uh, being a managing director and managing a team of 15 people i've like uh, what i what i was missing is like creativity and um uh just working on own ideas and and and, and stuff like that and working for brands and um a bit a bit of a longer term strategy because that's what i also find is uh in the music industry it's a lot uh oh hey i need this tomorrow or next week or you know or in an, an hour or, or in, a, <laughs> in an hour or yesterday and um like working with brands it's more okay uh we're going to do this campaign in six months let's uh you know here's the brief you yeah can, uh, this is the budget and you know come come back with some creative ideas so we talked about that like hey how can we uh also um do something with the request we get like from brands like hey i want to partner up with this artist but we couldn't really do that within the media any and it's like pr is just something different than you know working on a creative brief so we were talking about that and um yeah i think in november i went to have a soup with a with a friend of mine peter it's like hey actually i need somebody else to help me to set up this company and he he was working advice at the uh, oh. at that moment so yeah he, he was working for five years there and he's like oh yeah okay i need to think about it and like i think within a week he was like okay let's, let's do, do it. it let's do it so he quit his job and uh yeah we started uh working on uh on the new company and the, yeah so the brandfather it's you know it's a bit tongue in cheek and you know it's connect connects well to the name of the media and it was yeah. just discuss we we were sitting we were eating some sushi somewhere like how oh, what what should be the name of that company and we just made a joke oh, i should be the brandfather and we're like ha, ha, ha. okay 
didn't think about it anymore. And then the, the next day, we were like, we all three were like, it's ah, actually quite really a good, cool. It's <laughs> quite a good, it's a, quite a good name, and it's it's funny. People, some people hate it, but that's why it's all so good. You know, it's it's, it's something it. to talk about. So I think, you know, it's been uh, yeah, it's been fun. I, I also really like um, your website and like the graphics and stuff and how it's all. I was on your Instagram the other day looking at it. And it's just so, I don't know. It's just just so different. I think it's really cool. Yeah. No. We. we um, yeah. So that's. You know, when you start a business, you don't have really something to say. You can say, okay, you know, this, yeah. this is who we are. This is what we did in the past. But, you know, I think especially in this business, you want to showcase the work you have been working on. And, yeah, at the moment, we are going to do some amazing projects, but it takes a lot more time to, you know, develop and yeah. to get the content out. So we were like, okay, what, what shall we put on our website? And um, we have... Um, to uh, two friends who are amazing um, designers they're called the stone twins go check them out <laughs> if, you need, if you need a sick brand identity we were like brainstorming with them and they also have all these like funny funny things and funny jokes and yeah in, if you go to our website it's like oh yeah there's some funny weird stuff on there oh at first <laughs> i was like am i supposed to be clicking somewhere or and then it's that all the text started coming yeah. up and yeah no really cool so as you said before um you, when you were at the Media Nanny, you did get a lot of requests from brands. So is the Media Nanny and the brand father, do they work on projects together at the same time? Yeah, for sure. And I think that can also be our, um, can also be our strength, right? Um, yeah. Uh, when you do a cool project with a brand and an artist, it's also nice that press will write about it. So uh, we sit in the same office, actually. So uh, we're just next door. Um, so we can make use of uh, the PR machine of, uh, of the Media Nanny. And, yeah. Uh, and also vice versa, you know, we can help uh, advise, uh, like sometimes there's just some request coming in and it's not really suitable for the grandfather, but we can also help, uh, you know, um, making some plans for, for the media and any so for sure. And I think, you know, for us, it's very important that uh, the media and any stays the, uh, the PR company it is right yeah. now. So it keeps that level of clients and, you know, it's. We earn some trust and respect and, you know, I'll be very honest, it really s still opens doors if you say, hey, I'm Rick and I used to work at the media yeah. nanny because a lot of people know it also in the Netherlands and mm -hmm. also at the brand side, actually, you know. Um, so for sure, it's it, it's very important that uh, we stay uh, we stay together and work yeah. together. Because you said something to me just before we started the podcast that I thought was quite interesting, that there are a lot of um, artists or, or brands that work with other brands, but nobody says anything about it. Like, it's not really impress or anything. Yeah. So it's, it's great that you guys can still work together because that's kind of like the outlet to get it out no, there. No, for, for sure. And that's what I what I see a lot. And I think this, this was also one of the reasons that we wanted to start this new company is um, like there is there are some amazing projects being done by brands by big advertising firms and you know it's and then it just the content sits on uh on the youtube channel of, mm -hmm. of the brand or, or on the artist and of course it gets some gets some good views but what i sometimes miss is that consumers also get to see it a bit more instead of uh you know just industry people or people working in the advertising world or they send it in for an award or something like that yeah and i think uh, that, that's what I'm missing sometimes some a uh, bit more free publicity and you know free uh, some yeah some some good press and uh, I think for a brand this is also super important to get like that complete package of uh, of, of visibility you know n not only online but also try to get some print stuff or uh, and it's it's not it's not easy you know with an artist uh, they're interesting for journalists and uh, for brands sometimes it just feels they want to sell something so you know uh, that's why a good relationship with a journalist is also very important still like yeah. they want you need to convince them to write about this amazing brand project and it's not like a sales pitch or something or, or like an editorial it needs to be like a, a cool editorial I think. yeah so um, that's a, a lot harder for, you know when you do like a brand partnership but 
you know, if you can find the right angles or you can do something really creative that people are really loving, so I think then, uh, then it's a bit easier to do. Are your brand partnerships normally with artists or is it normally like with festivals and events? Or no, could it, be a it, it can actually be, can be both or, yeah, so we do different things. We set up activations at festivals. We uh, sometimes just set up a deal between uh, like a, an energy drink and a, and, a, and a festival that they can just uh, serve the, uh, the drink mm -hmm. on, on, on the festival. Uh, it can be with an artist. Sometimes there is an existing campaign and uh, like a brand just needs uh, some advice uh, on, on, on like a strategy level or on creative. Um, and you know, it's at the moment it's just um, me and Peter who are working on the m most of the things, and uh, we don't have any ambition to be become like the main account uh, or like the, the lead account for for a big brand. You know, we're just too small for that, and it's fine. We just want to get that little niche for, yeah. for brands that want to do something in not just music, but I think it's entertainment in, in, in general. So you know, it can also be with a with a like a soccer player, or it can be with a, an artist, like a painter or something like that, or a graphic designer, or um, it can be, we're, we're quite looking at like esports and gaming at the moment. It is like a massive world. Like Isn't a, it massive? It's uh, huge. Yeah, for sure. And it's very interesting. You know, it's it's also very young and it's a very closed community. So for us, it's very interesting to, uh, you know, to do some things there. And a lot of brands are looking at it as well, but not then don't have maybe the right ideas yet. And it, yeah, you just need some, uh, yeah. some experts in that. So, uh, and for us, it's very nice. You know, we want to make that crossover between uh, entertainment and music and, mm -hmm. and brands and, you know, to reach uh, reach the right audiences. Yeah. And even like you, you were saying before, this, the music industry, the dance music industry is still very young as well. Have you seen over the last couple of years that a lot more brands are getting a lot more involved and interested now? For sure, for sure. You know, there is, um, and especially you've been to festivals in the Netherlands, right? It's like, uh, well, we've been, I think, uh, one of the first of countries that were getting so big on festivals. And if you look at Awakenings yeah. and how well produced it is. and. Uh, for brands, it's very interesting to reach uh, that audience, and um, so there's a lot of. Um, so you have, you have, I think you have two different camps in the Netherlands. You have the festivals that are doing it totally without branding, and they're a bit more hippie and you know niche. They don't want big partnerships on their events, and then you have the, the bigger ones. Um, but like a festival like Lowlands, which is more like a pop dance hip hop, mm -hmm. it's more like a crossover festival. They do really really cool things. They did like. Um, with uh, with another bank in the Netherlands, the, the Rabobank, they created the restaurant of the future. So like, they did all this stuff with uh, with with uh, vegan food and like um, like um, really new new uh, innovations kind of stuff. So they put on uh, like a restaurant and people could eat there and they could eat the food from the future. So stuff like that is very clever and cool. really cool. And then it's not just like okay, this is my big beer banner uh, on a festival and yeah. uh, we serve a certain type of beer. But it's really well thought of. And um, another example, what I was a really cool brand partnership actually was also at Lowlands it was from um, Miele it's a washing machine mm -hmm. uh, so they recreated a massive washing machine and actually it was a, a, a hidden club with a shower function so people queued up they went through the, <laughs> went through the hole and then they could uh, they, they got host and uh, <laughs> get a wash you know what it is at festivals it's very hard <laughs> to get a decent shower so it was also a very very nice uh, partnership so I think for sure brands are getting more and more into this and uh, it's just you know it's just a different way of reaching uh, your target audience and uh, not, uh, not a lot of people watch tv anymore and especially the younger generation yeah so it's e either online but i think you know if you can do some cool stuff at events you know it works really really well how th how important do you think it is for an artist to have a brand behind them i think it, it depends a bit on 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 the level of uh, of the artist and also in in the industry you know i think um in, like in this more underground techno scene, I don't think uh, like the audience 
sometimes think it's, it's, it's wrong or something like that, that like it's not credible to, to do yeah. something with a brand. But if you look at the bigger artists, uh, you know, um, like uh, Martin Garrix or David Guetta for them, they have been doing brand partnerships for, for years. And for them, it's um, also a nice way to reach new audiences. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think they need really, um, like they, those guys earn a lot of money with just playing tunes. And for them, a brand partnership is more like, okay, how do I get into these new crowds or these new audiences? And uh, I think, uh, um, that's uh and how can they find a, a creative way to maybe create a new video clip or to do yeah. s to do something uh, really cool like uh martin garrix did a partnership with seven up a couple of years ago in in the us uh and they gave a concert for um for deaf people and i think uh, that was also really really nice you know they put on uh, like all these um sub packs that put on your body so you can feel the bass and the, and, the, and the floor was vibrating and uh, that was like stuff like that. It's you know you can also give some uh, to to your fans, and I think for that's for the bigger artists. I think it's 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 it's, it's very important in in a brand partnership. It's not for them. It's not about the money. It's about like doing something yeah. cool. How does it normally work? Is it normally a brand that looks for an artist to work with, or is it normally the other way around? You know the easiest way, and also for us, is when a brand when a brand is looking for for an artist or for a campaign. Uh, yeah. And it's you know when you work the other way around. It can work, but you, it's, you know, you, it's more hit or miss. You need to approach a lot of brands to, uh, to find just the right one because it needs to be the right timing. It needs to fit the strategy, needs to fit the budget, you know, and uh, so it's, um, I think, like the bigger, bigger deals are always coming from, from the brand side. Yeah. Sure. And what would a partnership like normally look like? Is it normally like long term or is it just normally something small or is there just all different? Kinds? Uh, I think it, it depends a bit, you know, uh, like guys that are pretty big on Instagram for them. Sometimes it's just, uh, OK, record a couple of videos and just post it. And so it's not really campaign based and it's just more like influencer kind of work. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, you can see like uh, and I. I'm not a big fan of the word influencer, but uh, <laughs> I think you can see artists and especially uh, like, yeah, you can see them as a as an influencer or like a content creator or something like that. Yeah. So, so sometimes just brands want to make use of, uh, of, uh, of the uh, of the engagement or the, the audience on, on those channels. And, you know, that can work, you know. Uh, Do you think that they basically look at their follow like their followers? Is that what a, how a brand would choose who they work with? Yeah. Uh, and that's not always r the right way, you know. No. I think, uh, but for sure, people are looking for a uh, big following, um, especially the bigger brands. They look at, okay, how many followers has this, this person, and what is the engagement on the page? And, um, but yeah, sometimes you know, when a, when an artist has a really big following, it doesn't mean it's always the right partnership with the brand because. You know, it can be that the following is, in, in, is very big in Latin America, but the brand is European based, uh, you know, then uh, you can just look at the numbers, but you really need to dive a bit deeper into it and yeah. get to see if this is the right fit. But like on these global partnerships, it's, uh, it's, al it's also very difficult because um, you can, it's like on these global brands, they need to have something for every territory. And, you know, in, at the moment in, in America, hip hop is like, very big again and, and, that, and dance music of course you know it has this big boom at, but I think it's you know it went down a little bit and uh -huh. then in Latin America of course Latin music is very very popular and in, in Europe it's more like dance music and, and, and stuff like that so it's very hard to find like that one artist that ticks ticks all the boxes so yeah uh, sometimes it's better just to work with a you know with a local person you know, that is you know that can do something in, in the Netherlands or can do something in Spain or can do something in the UK
Do you think there's a certain point in an artist's career when it is the right time to start working with brands, or do you not think there's any? <sighs> no, I, th I think it's difficult to to, to, to pin. You know, because there's, I, I see. I see people with not so big following doing quite some cool, cool part brand partnerships and sometimes you know you have brands that are really want to support emerging artists so then when you're not as big uh, you make a better chance to work with, uh, with, with with some of these brands because they want to support talent and that's like part of their DNA and you need to have probably uh, um, something to say as well and uh, you know it's, you need to have a, a bit of a coolness factor or something you know and then for brands it's like oh hey this is uh, quite interesting yeah um, and I think you know uh, somebody like Peggy Goose like she's been doing a lot of brand partnerships and it's just like she takes a lot of boxes she's a she's a, she's a good artist and uh, she uh, she looks she looks good on photos and she knows she she has style and so she you know for when and I think she was doing these partnerships already like a couple of years ago and and uh, now she of course obviously she blew up yeah I know, know she's it's massive she's massive and she has an amazing following and I, I was laughing yesterday because one of my she's uploaded a picture where she was on a lilo in the sea and one of my friends forwarded it to me she's like why don't I look like that when I'm in the water right oh, <laughs> look at me <laughs> <laughs> looks absolutely amazing uh, yeah no so I think you know um also there sometimes you you need a bit of luck you need a good network you know when you're fr maybe friends with a marketing director of a of a, of a cool brand that wants yeah. to support your career so i think there's no you know real real point where you can say okay this is the right moment to to go after brands yeah and some artists they don't really want it they don't want to hassle you know for them they want to play and they want to just go on the road and have fun and make music and uh you know it's especially big partnership is quite time consuming you know you need to, yeah well you need to shoot the video you need to shoot the content and you you know there's like a couple of days of going somewhere and, and record stuff and especially when you play a lot in the weekends then it needs to happen during the week but then you can't maybe make the music anymore you want to make so yeah. it's uh it looks uh it always looks easy but there's like well you know when you record a video clip and stuff like that it's just it's pretty time time consuming yeah as well. and because you're a dj and a producer yourself so you probably have more of an understanding of how yeah but don't make it too big you know i i, <laughs> I, I played i played quite a lot like five five years ago and yeah uh, uh, oh, actually until like three years ago but you know when i started at the media nanny for me it was like okay i just need to focus on my job and that's yeah i, di I didn't want to play so much i did i did a lot of the festivals in holland i produced a few tunes and um got some got some good support from some some big big acts and i still have a little studio with some friends but it's more like okay we go down friday night and we bought a bunch of hardware drink some beers and just <laughs> fuck around a little bit <laughs> um but yeah no, i don't know you know I've, i have a lot of friends that work in this industry or play music and um you know we've been friends for for many years and um so yeah i think i i, I think i can say i, I know what, a, what an artist wants or what, yeah. what, they, what they you know what they feel like and i think that's also when what happens a lot is that a big big advertising firm or an agency is they create this whole concept uh, around a certain artist before they actually go to the artist or go to the management so it's like okay this is what we created we have an uh, artist you know we want to have this artist for this and then when they come to management or to the artist and they're like oh, actually i'm not feeling it and then there's probably you know thousands and thousands of uh, euros already spent on the creation of a, of a certain concept so we actually want to also try to do that a bit different you know we want to start conversations with uh, with the talent in an earlier stage and see what they want and if they want to co-create with us and co-create with the brand instead of like okay this is what we want this is yeah. uh, this is the campaign and uh, just sign here 
I think, uh, you know, for an artist and, and, and their teams, it's way more interesting to be part of the creation process as well. Of course. Maybe it could be difficult for them as well. If they haven't, if it's the first time they have worked with a brand or had done a partnership before, maybe sometimes if they get given a contract, they don't really know what they're looking for or yeah, what no, they're signing. Sure. Yeah, no, for sure. But, uh, you know, that is not only on the brand partnership side, that's also on the label side or yeah, true. like a management agreement or like uh, your booking agency. And, you know, when you're young, you just want to probably play as much as possible and you're super excited that people want to work with you. So, yeah, yeah it's, I think it's also very important that, uh, just uh, like a general advice, that, like have the right people look at your contracts before you sign anything and, you know, uh, ask uh, multiple persons to have a look at it. And yeah. uh, not just um, your nephew who maybe uh, did uh, one like semester of law or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And just to finish, what would you say has been one of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Well, I think what was really inspiring, we did a campaign with Bumble um, uh, over this year, actually. Uh, we launched it during Amsterdam Dance Event last year. And um, like Bumble is a dating app that really wants to empower uh, like females and put female first and stuff like that. And, you know, we created a campaign for them called Making Moves in Music. Uh, we wanted to support female talent within uh, within the music industry, so uh, we made this competition. Um, girls from Germany, the Netherlands, and the UK could send in their music or their mixes. So we had like f over 500 applications, and wow. so we had to listen to all that music, <laughs> which was really nice because there's actually a lot of talent. Was out that there. your job? It was partly my job, <laughs> and uh, together with some people of the Bumble team as well. And um, then out of that. Uh, selection we invited six of those girls to Amsterdam for uh, a week of master classes and meetings and uh, they could play a gig and it was just super inspiring to to to, to work with 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 these uh, with these females and um, so we did a uh, we did a f like a, another event in Miami a true and nice dinner for people f uh, females in the music industry um, and then uh, yeah actually the winner of that competition uh, is a girl called Nikki Elizabeth she uh, played at Ultra. She's going to play at Mysteryland at, uh, at the main stage uh, wow. end of this uh, end of August, and she just signed a deal with uh, Compact with the booking agency. So she's now part of the Compact family. So that for me, you know, from start to finish, it was just a super inspiring project, and it's nice to see that actually um, that we could mean something for for some of these girls. Yeah, so, that's incredible. You know, and, uh, a lot of brands want to do purpose marketing and of course it, but it needs to be really in the dna of a brand you just you can't just not say okay now we're going to do something to uh, you know make the, make this a better world and with bumble i think the brand is just as, has already has that strong dna so it really made sense to do this so i think that was a that was a really nice project and you know over the years i've been you know lucky to work with you know amazing artists and talent and um what i said before it's like when you're nice to people they're nice to you and i think for me, that's also very important to uh, to keep in mind. And also in this world, you know, um, it's it's a tough world also for brands and other uh, agencies. But um, what I said is like, you know, I, we just want to work together with people, not against people, you know. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Rick, thank you so much. It's well, been very, you. very interesting. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, nice to do my first podcast. So. Yay. Very good. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and uh, have fun in your rest of your, your couple of days here. And yeah, I'll be there. We'll be. We'll do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.